You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 48. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Are you connected to centers of influence? In other words, are there attorneys and accountants that think of you every single time they have a client that needs your help? Well, maybe you do. Maybe you've formed a good relationship with one or, or two of these people that are giving you referrals every once in a while. But do you have a step-by-step process for how to connect with centers of influence so that you can build up a network of people that think of you first? <laughs> Most likely, you don't. If so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a well-thought-out process for connecting with centers of influence. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they make the mistake of thinking that just knowing a center of influence is going to get them a steady stream of referrals. Instead, it's about having a process to be the person (laughs) that your connections think of first. And they think of you every single time their clients need your help. And not just one or two people a year, but a steady stream of referrals. So what do you do? Well, you got two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn what I call connecting with centers of influence. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to connect with centers of influence. So if you're ready to learn how to have them go from thinking of you as a casual acquaintance to truly being a raving fan, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to have a process for connecting with centers of influence? Because all attorneys and accountants eventually refer their clients to somebody in your position. And at some time in their career, they're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. And you want to be the person that they refer them to. That's why I wanted to do this podcast today. Because I wanted to help you to understand that creating better connections with those that you consider centers of influence can mean the difference between having a good year, and having a great year. So what we're going to do today is we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the importance of having a strategic partnership so that you understand what connecting with centers of influence can do for you. Second, why most centers of influence campaigns fail so that you understand what holds most advisors and agents back from creating what I call effortless connections. And third, the solutions for connecting with centers of influence so that you understand a step-by-step process for success. Now, before we jump into those three things that we're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like if you knew exactly what to do to create better connections with people that can introduce you to your target market? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? 
If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The importance of having strategic partnerships. As I said before, all successful and experienced attorneys and accountants have referred clients to financial advisors at some point in their career. And the reason that they've done this is because they realize that at some point, they've got clients that need financial advisory help. So why should having a strategic partnership with attorneys and accountants be important to you? It's important because successful and experienced attorneys and accountants work with affluent clients. And at some point, some of those clients will need financial advisory recommendations. When this happens, you want to be the first person that that attorney or that accountant thinks of and the first person or the only person that they refer their clients to. And it reminds me of a story of a client of mine that I had years ago. You see, this financial advisor lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but he wasn't from there. In fact, he had lived on the East Coast for years, but his wife wanted to move back home, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, back to her home to be around her parents and her family. And so they moved. Then he got into the business and he was lucky enough to actually buy a business from a colleague about a year later. Next, he'd spent the following year doing exactly this. (laughs) He identified the top clients from this new book that he bought. He called all of the top clients and, and he asked for them to introduce him to their attorneys and their CPAs. Then, casual lunch meeting, just to get to know that person. Then he followed up with a thank you call, just to thank them for getting together. And he asked them for an appointment and he explained, what I really want to do is just come on by and, and just get a chance to speak to you in private. And, and really, I'd like to offer you a free financial plan to help you to confirm whether or not your plan's going in the right direction, or maybe it's not. And in the meantime, what's going to happen is you'll really understand what I do for our mutual client and other clients. And then what he'd do is he'd create this plan. He would review the plan with that attorney or that CPA. And a lot of times, they became a client. And as a result, he'd start servicing that client. And eventually, what he would do is he would actually give that person referrals. And finally, he'd get referrals. He'd get referrals from this new client that is now a strategic partner. Now, get this. This is what happened. He'd build a relationship over time. And over time, It took about a year, maybe even longer. He had six, six centers of influences that were giving him referrals because those six people were his clients. And here's the great thing about that. This was the only form of prospecting that he was doing. And he was swamped. And what this guy had done is he had formed strategic partnerships that were actually taking him to the next level. But in order to be that person, the person that somebody refers you to, it's important to understand the type of relationship that you want to have with centers of influence, just like he did. So let's take a look at what that type of relationship might be. Understanding 
strategic partnerships versus strategic alliances. Before we discuss the specifics of how to form strategic partnerships, we have to first draw a clear distinction between the two common partnerships, strategic alliances and strategic partnerships. You see, the main difference is the level of relationship that you have with that accountant or that attorney or any other professional for that matter. It, it has to be the type of relationship that brings you a steady stream of qualified prospects, but also it has to be the type of relationship that's beneficial for them. So let's take a look at the differences between the two. A strategic alliance usually gives you an occasional referral. You might have a few of these. However, the referrals aren't, aren't really qualified, and they're basically sporadic at best. In other words, every so often that attorney or that accountant calls up and says, I've got somebody that you should probably meet. Here's a name. Here's a number. But there's no guarantee that that prospect is really qualified at all. Now, a strategic partnership, a strategic partnership usually gives you a steady stream of qualified prospects that need and understand your services. See, the prospect has already been prepped by that center of influence, and they know the quality of work that you already do because, well, in this case, or in that former client's case, he was actually a client. You see, a strategic alliance, now a strategic alliance might view you as one of a small number of possible financial advisors that he would refer people to. I'll give you three names. You call them and so on, he'd say to the client. A strategic partnership, on the other hand, <laughs> they view you as you're the person. You're the financial advisor that he refers people to. <laughs> a strategic alliance uh, is really formed with a large number of professionals because what they want to do is they want to maximize the potential of getting more referrals. So in other words, the more strategic alliances you have, the higher probability of getting more referrals over time. But you don't want to do that. Let me explain why. Because if you have strategic partnerships, you have a small number of professionals that you work with, maybe five to seven, because you only have so much time to collaborate with so many people. And whether you're a financial advisor, an attorney, an accountant, or, or anything else, they only have so much time as well. And remember, in a strategic partnership, you're viewed as an important part of their team. And so they are the same. They're viewed as an important part of your team. In a strategic alliance, you're viewed as a commodity, just one of a possible number of financial advisors that they may or may not want to work with. And so you're not really necessarily a part of the team. You're just somebody they know. Because of the nature of that relationship, you can easily be replaced. You're just a commodity. However, in a strategic partnership, you're irreplaceable. You're somebody that they know, they like, they trust. And get this, you're their financial advisor. And this is what sets you apart from the pack. And it's important to know that. I hope by now you're starting to understand the importance of having strategic partnerships. If so, you don't want to make the same mistakes that other advisors have made. And that is what we're going to talk about next. Thank you.
why most centers of influence campaigns fail. There's always challenges to running any campaign successfully. However, running a successful strategic partnership campaign can be one of the most difficult. The main reason is that the foundation of this campaign is to form a very strong and deep strategic relationship with attorneys, accountants, or any other professional that needs your help. Let's talk about some of the most common reasons why most centers of influence campaigns fail to create deep relationships. The professional's misunderstood perception of the advisor. Let's face it, attorneys and accountants are constantly interrupted by financial advisors who want to form strategic alliances with them. And notice what I said, strategic alliances, not partnerships. You see, most experienced and successful attorneys and accountants get at least one phone call a month by these financial advisors. There's some eager financial advisor that wants their help. These types of calls, they can get annoying. In fact, they can get so annoying that the professional already has a negative perception of what you do and how you're no different than the rest. It reminds me of a, a client that I had years ago who was a, an attorney before he became a financial advisor. And he told me when he was an attorney, he'd get two or three calls like this a month. And he hated getting calls like that. Remember, you're not calling to form a strategic alliance. You're calling to possibly form a strategic partnership. And there's a big difference. The advisor having an advisor-centered approach. Now, an advisor-centered approach means that it's all about the advisor. It's all about the attorney or the accountant or any other professional that wants to help the advisor build the advisor's business. Get this. They don't want to help. <laughs> so a lot of times what the advisor thinks is revenue sharing. I'll just see if we can share our revenue. And most advisors would say that the answer to how can we get these centers of influence to help us is simple. The attorney and the accountant or the accountant are interested in revenue. And that, that might be the answer. If I give them a percentage of my commissions, they might want to help me. Well, this is absolutely wrong, and here's why. You see, an experienced professional doesn't want to jeopardize their relationship with their client for a percentage of what you make. It just doesn't make sense. And if you do the math, think about it. It wouldn't make sense to you either. Think about this. If you are referred by an accountant, let's say, to one of their clients, and that a client has, we'll just make it a round number, 100000 and you recommend, let's say, mutual funds, A shares, three and a quarter percent, $3,750 in commissions. Out of those commissions, your firm gets a percentage. You get a percentage, and possibly a percentage could go to them, the accountant in this situation. How valuable do you think the accountant feels that that money is versus the possibility of you doing something with a relationship that's going to jeopardize their business? They, don't, they won't think that that's worth it. Again, the possible financial reward is not worth the risk for successful and experienced 
accountants. They're just not going to do it. Let's talk about another misconception that a lot of advisors have. (laughs) Referral swapping. Let's talk about why relying on referral swapping doesn't work. Many advisors may feel that the answer to the previous question, (laughs) how can I get an accountant to help me grow my business, really lies in, in the fact that they can give referrals to the accountant as well, thus helping them grow their business. The problem with this concept is that there's somebody who's always going to be feeling like they're, they've referred more people than the other person. And this is the beginning of the end. You see, when the relationship is built on referral swapping, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment because of the very nature of how it's set up. And get this, because of the nature of how many of your clients will actually need their services. And here's an example. Take a divorce attorney, for instance. (laughs) You might be very happy to get referrals from a divorce attorney, which is good. But how often are you able to give divorce attorneys a referral? And if you did, what would your relationship to their spouse be like after you did that? Probably not good. The advisor's impatience with the campaign. It's interesting to note that one of the most successful financial advisors that I know of in the art of forming strategic partnerships is a woman I coached who has created an incredibly lucrative specialized business. She specializes in offshore tax strategies to reduce taxes for high net worth individuals. And how she does this is by forming strategic partnerships with successful accountants. And she told me that it took her, on average, about 18 months to form these strategic partnerships because the accountants needed time to understand how valuable she was with their clients. Where most financial advisors fail (laughs) is in having the tendency to think that the relationship should happen overnight. And it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Don't let your time schedule hold you back from success. In other words, make sure that you just have the tenacity to keep touching base with these people. And you'll make those connections. So now that you understand some of the challenges, you need to understand some of the solutions. That is what we're going to talk about next. The Solutions for Connecting with Your Center of Influence. So at the beginning of this podcast, I said we cover three things. First, the importance of having a strategic partnership so that you would understand what connecting with centers of influence can do for you. Second, why most centers of influence campaigns fail <laughs> so that you would understand what holds other advisors and agents back from creating what I call effortless connections. Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the solutions for connecting with centers of influence so that you understand a step-by-step process for success. Strategic partnerships like that of a financial advisor and an accountant or an attorney have to be based on mutual trust. Now trust is really established when, when the professional believes that 
that advisor won't endanger their client. And it's even more important that they won't endanger the professional's relationship with the client. You see, the fastest way to sever this strategic partnership is to break that trust. But the fastest way to deepen the advisor-professional relationship is to add value, to add additional benefits. See, what that does is it strengthens the relationship. So the professional looks at you and says, you know, it's, it's more beneficial <laughs> to have you as a strategic partner than to not. And that increases the likelihood that you're going to do more business because you're getting more referrals. So in order to form a deep level of trust, let's look at a couple of ways to do just that. A high level of integrity. Integrity, above all else, has to be the cornerstone of forming a strong strategic partnership. Professionals will sacrifice working with the most skilled financial advisor if they think this person doesn't have integrity. And if your integrity is at all in question with the professional, you have to communicate with them right away. You have to communicate your true intentions and bring your integrity into light. And if you're a rookie, a newer financial advisor, trying to form a business relationship with a professional, they have to express integrity right away, immediately. The best way to do that is to show, show written testimonials from your clients and be willing to give references if you need to. And it reminds me of years ago where this person that I was sitting down with was a prospect. It wasn't a center of influence. But for whatever reason, he said, but how do I know that you have my best interest at heart? And I said to him, well, you can talk to some of my clients if you want. And he said, but you're only going to give me the clients that are doing well. And I said, just a second. And I printed something out, and he could hear the printer going off. And I got out of my office, and I, I went over to the printer, and I came back with pages and pages for him to look at. And I took these, and I stapled them, and I slid them over to him, and I dropped a pen right on the desk, and I said, just circle three names. And he said, what's this? And I said to him, it's my client list. Just circle three names, and then I'll call three people and say hello and ask if I can just hand you the phone, and they can tell you how I've done. And he said, he slid that piece of paper over to me, those pieces of paper, and he looked at me and he said, I don't need to call anybody. And that's how you prove your integrity. A high level of technical expertise. Although integrity is the cornerstone of forming a strong strategic relationship or strategic partnership, it may not be enough to keep the strategic partnership. Here's what I mean. You also have to have a high level of technical expertise. You might be wondering how a newer advisor could possibly help an accountant, an attorney, or any other professional for that matter. Utilizing your company's resources is the best course of action when this happens. And one place to begin is to call your training department, if you're a rookie, and ask for specific strategies to help accountants, attorneys, or any other professional you wish to help. Remember, this isn't about forming strategic alliances where you're just one of a half dozen of people that they might refer you to. 
or might refer their clients to. This is about forming a strategic partnership. This is about that professional who calls you to help their clients to achieve their financial goals. And the only way that they're going to be willing to do that is if they think you're knowledgeable enough to help their clients. So make sure you have a high level of technical expertise. And if you don't, call the back office and learn more. And that is going to help you in the long run. A high level of understanding of the professional's business. So understanding the professional's business is essential to understanding how to help their client base. You see, each accountant and attorney is unique. And as a result, their business philosophies most likely will be unique as well. Don't make the same mistake that so many financial advisors do when they approach professionals in hoping to form a strategic partnership. And the mistake that they make is they're thinking that everybody's the same. Don't assume that all accountants are the same or that all attorneys are the same because they're not. <laughs> and in fact, one of the best books that I've read on this subject is a book called Rainmaker, Strategic Partnerships with Attorneys and Accountants to Create a Pipeline of New Affluent Clients. It's by an author, Russ Allen Prince, and, and another author, <laughs> Brett Van Bortles. And in this book, they talk about profiling the professional. They outline how to profile the professional so that you can really understand who you're in a strategic partnership with. They talk about understanding the person, how they got into the business. They talk about understanding the practice goals and objectives. What are they trying to accomplish? They talk about the understanding, the financial products that this accountant or attorney has had experience with. They talk about understanding that person's practice management and their professional clientele. Who's their target market? And get this, they talk about how to understand how that person markets themselves. You see, if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend picking it up. I found that it is one of the best books written on this subject, the subject of strategic partnerships, and you will too. Developing a friendship with a professional. Now, I've heard it said that people like to work with people that are like them. And I believe that it's very true that in a strategic partnership, it's no different. Developing a, a sincere friendship with your strategic partnerships is important because it'll help you to understand them better. It'll help them to understand you better. And one of the best ways to do this is Go out to lunch with them, invite them to dinner, go to social gatherings, get to know these people. And it's interesting to know that the, the previously mentioned successful advisor that I talked about would spend three days in the Cayman Islands with a number of the accountants that were strategic partners with her. And they talk about strategies that would help their mutual clients. When I asked her if this was a vacation, she said that this is more like a, a working vacation designed to help the accountant understand her and for her to understand the accountant. <laughs> In addition, they work on strategies with any additional clients that might need their help and anything else that she should be aware of. Now, how likely is it that that accountant's going to give her additional business? That's right. It's very likely. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they will give you business too. The solutions for connecting with other professionals. While most advisors focus on strategic partnership efforts with accountants and attorneys, there are other professionals, other professionals out there that you could approach in the same way that you could help their clients. Remember, forming a strategic partnership is about helping others who work with your target market. And in turn, they look at you and they believe that you are a valuable part of their team. So who are these people? Well, additional professional strategic partnerships could be personal bankers, usually a small bank without financial advisors, or a commercial mortgage banker, or a residential mortgage banker, real estate brokers, morticians, believe it or not, executive coaches, retirement community professionals, property and casualty insurance agents who are not financial advisors. All of these people could be in your network to be a part of your strategic team and get this, you're a part of theirs. Now that you've heard all the tips, tools, strategies, and solutions for making effortless connections, all you need to do now is go apply them. And once you do that, you will be connecting with Centers of Influence. Now, before we go, I want to tell you one last story. It's a story about a former client of mine who was a client years ago. Jim, that's not his real name, is a financial advisor client of mine that I coached years ago who told me about a client that he had that never gave him a referral. <laughs> In fact, he did a client review, and I remember he told me he asked for a referral, and this client was not willing to give him any referrals. Then, she, the client, got roof damage from some hail, and she called him up, she called Jim up the next day to discuss liquidating the account to pay for the repairs, and apparently her homeowner's insurance wasn't going to cover that specific damage that she had. Instead of liquidating all the account, Jim suggested that she call a personal banker friend of his to discuss a home equity line of credit, and that was a smart move. He got a call from that client, from his client the next day when she was thanking him for the referral. And she, she was eligible for this, this type of home equity line of credit that she needed, and she got approved right away. So before he got that call, we had a coaching session in which we mapped out the strategy for obtaining referrals if she got her goal, if she reached her goal. And after she told him the good news, Jim asked, who else, who would she like to help get this level of service? And the client asked Jim to call her mother and her sister and her best friend. Although this is not a true form of developing a strategic partnership, it does illustrate that by helping others, you in turn are being helped. Needless to say, Jim developed a strategic partnership with that friend, the personal banker from that day forward. You see, he didn't view her call, her original call to liquidate the account as an obstacle, but as an opportunity to help her. And in turn, she gave him a referral. And 
As a result, he started the process of connecting with a center of influence. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank you.